0: Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking with Meredith about working out in extreme weather. Very hot, very cold. Is it good for you? And is it not good for you? Are you ready to do this, Meredith? I'm ready. All right. We'll see you guys on the inside. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Senior Fitness Podcast with Meredith. We're so glad you could make it today and check out this episode. We got a really fun topic uh, to talk about today. We're going to be talking about exercising in extreme weather, uh, hot environments, cold environments. They're all over the world, and fortunately, we have listeners that are all over Mm -hmm. the world. So we really want to dive into that topic today, but before we do that, just want to send a quick friendly reminder to visit us at www.seniorfitnesswithmeredith.com where we have all of our curated content. We have these podcasts. We have all of our workouts, of course, that you can pick and choose from as well as an opportunity to sign up for our newsletter and our uh, offering of a custom seven-day workout plan where you can go sign up for a plan, It's a seven-day repeating custom workout that you submit what works for you your the kind of exercises you love to do and what you don't like to do just some other information more about you and meredith will put together a custom plan for you that you can repeat every seven days Uh, we've had some really good feedback on those over these past many months and uh, we're just really excited about being able to offer that to you guys so uh yes today's topic Mm -hmm. we're going to jump into it um we're talking about extreme weather workouts. Uh are they good mm-hmm. for you and and more specifically, you know, either really hot environments like where we're at. We live mm-hmm. in the Southwest desert. <laughs> and and then there's people that obviously live in the exact opposite, <laughs> the extreme That's very cold. cold. Yeah. So uh you know, what what's your thoughts on working out in these kinds of environments, Meredith? um,
1: um well, exactly what you're saying. It's it's a great topic for us to bring up because i think some people either say well it's too hot it's too cold i can't work out so um we'll give of course some tidbits and tips to go along with it but yes when we are uh doing this recording we're going into a weekend that's about to be 106 here in arizona and um it's funny because i'll look outside in the hottest part of the day and i see people going for runs and uh walking around and sometimes even walking pets and um probably not the best thing for us to do actually (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, especially when we have the option of working out indoors and for many reasons but yes extreme heat but extreme cold we'll get into as well so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and we do have a lot of Uh, listeners and a lot of people that follow your workouts from around the world Mm -hmm. and and we really appreciate that out there Um, and and what's really interesting is to see where everybody's at and what the climate is for a lot of people and we've had we have a lot of people say up in Canada we've Mm -hmm. had people chime in from Australia right Um, some very extreme weather type places or very different Yes, yes. What do you find interesting Mm. about
1: that? Well it's funny now that we're talking about we keep saying extreme heat or extreme cold, but then you also have parts of the country, even or the world, but I'm thinking of the US since we're here that um, they have extreme weather patterns as far as a lot of rain is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it difficult to go out. They have those quick changes from hot to cold or vice versa, where they have to worry about hail constantly in certain months and tornadoes and things like that. So a lot of extreme weather. Um, of course, the heat and the cold are the ones that are the main ones. But I I think it's so much fun, especially if we when we do our live streams. If anyone... Watches those and sees where everyone's chiming in from and watching. they always like to say what their weather's like, mm-hmm. and we kind of started that, I think in the very beginning, we'd say, let us know you know what your weather's like there, and now everyone will do it and it will be amazing because, say, here in Arizona we'll be like, yeah it's um, of course, sunny and a hundred degrees, and then someone will be over in England and they're like, it's 52 here and it's been raining for weeks, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I just think it's amazing the differences um, that we we all think we're kind of in the same boat sometimes. And we have to look at extreme weather also and how it affects our body, Mm -hmm. not just um, can we go outside and work out in it? It affects us in many, many, many ways, uh, physically, emotionally, um, and of course, the actual can I work out in it?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and not to mention, um, you mentioned tornadoes and extreme weather. Right. Imagine <laughs> running from a tornado is a yeah. great workout.
1: <laughs> That's probably a great workout <laughs> Or dodging hail. That's great. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have to worry about that <laughs> here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: what's also great is to know... When we have people in all over the world, uh, what season we are going into is not necessarily the same season that someone it's, else is going could into.
1: could be opposite. Yeah. In Australia, when they're going into winter and we're going into summer here, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's very different. So, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, let's talk about w- some of the feedback you get from the classes you've taught the people that you've worked with. <laughs> What are their preference as far as temperature wise? Mm-hmm. You know, they, when it's cold in the morning, do they go out for their walks? You yeah, know, that right. Kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. If it's too cold, no. <laughs> um, and that's that's a good thing though. Unless you're, we'll start with let's start with this. Taking it back, no matter what type of weather you're going out in, make sure you dress for it. Um, So you're going to wear layers if you're in extreme cold and you're still choosing to go out in it because our skin does get thinner as we get older. And then if you're on blood thinners or any types of medication, um, especially for heart disease, cholesterol, um, blood pressure, those make your blood thinner. So you will feel colder faster. And that's very uncomfortable. It's not good for your body. And then you have it takes a lot longer for you to warm up. So just being mindful of these things um, and, and deciding what temperature is, talking about cold, is too cold for you to go outside and work out. Um, maybe you should stay in on certain days. And then the same goes for the heat, um, especially where we're at. It's, um, you have to make sure you're looking at the temperature, making sure if you are going to go outside, there's shady areas. You are covered up unless you're covered in sunscreen, wearing a hat, wearing longer sleeves that are light colored, um, trying not to wear a lot of layers, right? Because you need to stay cooler, making sure you are hydrated, (laughs) number one, and listening to your body to listen and know dehydration. um, You can be affected by it. So you have to know what the symptoms are and Mm -hmm. listen to your body.
0: Is, is dehydration probably the biggest threat that someone faces in, in hot weather environments? Yes, uh, definitely. When when exercising?
1: It's so easy to become dehydrated, especially as we get older, because we don't consume as much fluids for the norm. Um, so it's just very, very easy. Even if you're not, people think, I have to work out vigorously and I have to sweat a ton to get dehydrated. You don't have to sweat at all to get dehydrated. Um you were you were all sweating constantly we don't have to soak our clothes in order for that to be um, called sweating (laughs) so we're losing fluid rapidly all the time but especially when you are in high temperatures outside you can easily become dehydrated if you're not constantly drinking fluids and trying especially if it's really really hot um, adding electrolytes to that. So adding the, the the salts and sugars that your body needs because it's losing that when you're sweating. It's not just water that comes out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it. And so consuming just water is great. But a lot of times people will say, I still feel very lethargic. Um, you need a little bit more. You need, if you're, especially if you're going to be outside and you're just drinking something, you're not eating anything, Then adding an electrolyte supplement into your water or an actual drink that is known to have electrolytes in it Mm -hmm. is a good way to go. And you can get the low sugar, no sugar options because a lot of people say, well, I don't want any sugar. It doesn't have to be filled with sugar, but you need a little bit more in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And listening to your body, making sure if you do start to become lethargic that um, you may be... Starting to get the effects of dehydration. Um, if you have been drinking and drinking and drinking water and you don't feel like you need to use the restroom and you usually would have to, you may be dehydrated. Your body's trying to keep everything in. You need to get to cooler temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, dry mouth. If um, you're noticing your lips are getting very, very white and dry, almost like a chapped lip, and then you get that, that no liquid in your mouth feeling um, that's a sign of dehydration there's there's many many but especially those are the main ones that you need to watch your body for if you start to feel kind of tired and lethargic number one you need to get inside quick Mm -hmm. and that goes for the cold as well you can do the same thing not necessarily dehydration although we can get dehydrated in the cold But you can start, your body can start to go numb and things like that. You have to listen to these signs and realize what your bodies are trying to tell us. They're trying to tell us you need to get to either cooler or to warmer temperatures in these instances. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Um, you know, I'm always curious. Everybody has a different threshold as what they would consider too hot or too cold.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um,
0: Some people will walk outside (laughs) and say, I'm going for a walk. And, um. Say, oh, it doesn't feel too hot. Right. You know, and then twenty minutes into it, you mm-hmm. realize you're. Oops. You, it's really hot <laughs> yeah. You didn't bring enough water.
1: Uh huh.
0: Or you know, it's too cold, and you underestimated the amount the of <laughs> ice on the ground or it, something. Oof, if it's yeah. been snowing, you know. Right. Um, how do we know what's too much? <laughs> is it just by trial and error, or I'm... what? Is there anything that we can think about to to give us signs of? to let us know I would say most
1: likely trial and error but um, knowing just by temperature wise what's the key number that we usually say um, to ourselves Ooh, that's hot and remember that number and don't go outside your front door and say oh it feels good when you're still in the shade walk out into the sun actually go to what most of your walk is going to be like because I'm guilty of that I'll walk outside my front door and I'm like oh I need to get a jacket because I'm in the shade. So I put a jacket on and as soon as I get in the sun, I go, whoa, it's really hot. (laughs) Um, So kind of maybe just stand in an area for a minute or so Mm -hmm. and see what your body starts to do without you moving. Because once you start moving again, if you're in the heat, you're creating more uh, body temperature. So you're going to get warmer faster in the heat. But you're going to get warmer faster in the cold as well. So knowing that, what maybe a lot of layers when you're just standing there seems good, but maybe we can can subtract one because you're going to be walking during that Mm -hmm. um, exercise, whatever it is you're doing outside.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is kind of like a, a little an offshoot of this, but. You know I, I I know you've heard of Bikram yoga yoga Bikram where, yes Bikram, Bikram yes yoga, you, you do yoga in very hot yoga yeah yes why is that what what are the benefits <laughs> of that and you know, does that apply to to this conversation
1: <laughs> Right it does apply to this conversation actually because you are supposed to drink more than usual fluids prior to ever taking a hot yoga Bikram yoga class and then you are supposed to drink way more than you ever would after Um, and while you're in there so and also listening to your body the number one thing when you go into one of those classes is if you start to feel tired or dizzy go into child's pose position or just sit on your mat because they know it's going to inevitably happen to many many people because they aren't going to prepare prior and if you don't prepare for yourself prior it's hard to play catch up after Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why we do it is all of the sweat coming out of our body. A lot of people say it's wonderful for the body. It gets rid of all the impurities and things like that. Um, It's a cleansing experience. It also, as far as yoga is concerned, it helps you. The warmer your body is, the more limber it can be. So you can get into poses a lot easier. So if you ever go into a really cold yoga room and you start trying to do yoga, you have to do a lot more prior to, to, um, warm the body up to actually get into poses safely. So without pulling things, without hurting yourself and injury, etc. So, um, it, it's not a thing for me cause I'm not a huge fan of, uh, sweating, sweating <laughs> to do my workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's, a lot of people love it, and I think that it's kind of the cleansing experience that they're getting right. from it when they do it.
0: And people feel they get mm-hmm. just a cleansing good workout if it's in the heat.
1: If it's in the, a lot of people feel like if they don't sweat, they're not getting a good workout, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. if you're dropping buckets, I guess you're getting a really good workout <laughs> to so, them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, let's
0: look at these either cold or rainy environments. All right. Yes. Know, those can be... What what kind of risks mm-hmm. are we looking at there if we're not careful?
1: Um, those are well, especially the rainy. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up because those extremes, especially when it rains for a really long time, have a huge mental effect on us and the cold as well. When we um, don't have the sun shining as much, it starts to bring us down a little bit. I mean, we all kind we probably all heard this. We know this is scientifically proven more depressed people or environments in environments that um, stay darker longer or have more cloud coverage. So we start to become a little bit uh, more docile. We don't want to do as much when it's cold and it's rainy and it's um, darker. And it makes it harder for us to actually want to do our workouts. But also when you have different ailments, say arthritis or fibromyalgia, and your body starts to ache and hurt even more because of not only the barometric pressure that's in the air, but all of the humidity that comes along with all of that rain puts so much wear and tear on the body. We don't realize it. Um, I would have many people come to classes, and it's far and few between to have a rainy day in Arizona, but as soon as it was, I knew I was going to have many, many people say, for some reason, like this morning was just harder for me to get moving and my knees hurt and my hands hurt and whatever it was, Mm -hmm. um, it's the weather. And I would always say that and they go, Oh, that's yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But they never put the correlation until it was told to them that the weather has a huge effect on your body. You have to listen to it and gauge what your workout's going to be in different weather patterns that we have. Um, Again, if you're in an area that's colder or not even colder, but rainy with all that humidity, your body's going to be affected a lot different with your workouts. And you just have to make sure you're listening to that and not trying to push it past that point just because that's what you could do yesterday when it was sunny outside and no humidity. Um, just trying to learn those keys again, like we always say, listen to your body I mean it's always trying to tell us something. We just have to pick up on the cues and actually listen to it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially when we're not used to uh picking up on those cues. That right. Can be challenging. Yeah. Um let's talk about what about high mm. at high mm. altitudes. Mm. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, like
0: places like in the states here like Denver, Colorado, you know, or right. if you're up in the mountains. Yeah. Um, that's that can be pretty extreme on your on your uh, cardio system. Oh, definitely. I mean, on many,
1: many places. Yes. No, that's a great one because uh, I know a lot of people like say just speaking from where we're at in Arizona, they will go to um, for summers. They go up north because it's much cooler there, but it's also higher altitude, right? And it affects your workouts because it affects your lung capacity. All of that extra pressure on you. So you have to make sure you're taking things a lot slower in the beginning and you have to almost retrain your body and your cardiovascular system to match what it was when you were back wherever you were without that altitude Um, because it's almost like, um, well, I always think about athletes, they actually go to the mountains to train because it's so much harder they, it, it takes a lot more for you to take in a full breath of air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're senior fitness. Um, we have to make sure we're listening to that. And a lot of times we already have compromised cardiovascular systems, heart disease, etc. Not being able to take a full breath normally, think about what that's going to do in higher altitudes and how your response should be. You can't say, well, I used to run at this pace For two miles, and now I'm gonna go up there and do it. You can't. You have to again build your way back up like an athlete. (laughs) I mean, think of it the same way. They go to the hills or the mountains for a reason. They don't get there at peak level performance. They're working to get to that peak performance because then when they go back down to wherever that's um, less altitude, they'll be that much better. So just making sure, again, taking it slow and knowing that it's much much more difficult to breathe in those high altitudes and and you're going to need to take everything slower even mm-hmm. not just cardiovascularly lifting weights you're going to feel out of breath easier um, you may have to do less repetitions or even lighten your weight a little bit because if you're trying to lift them at the same pace you used to and they're heavy you're going to get out of breath so mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and and I think exercising in a higher altitude, if you don't know that you're at a higher Mm -hmm. altitude and you're feeling different, (laughs) it may be something that you're, you know, it's good to know what altitude you're at, especially if you're not used to being in the place that you're at. Very true. Um, You know, so what is the ideal? We talk about the extreme weather. What's the ideal weather?
1: Mm. Uh, what what's
0: the ideal temperature what what, mm. what are we talking about here let's to get, see yeah <laughs> you know, maximum I know. energy out of someone that's
1: a tough one i would say an ideal temperature and i'm only going to put i i in my mind i know what mine is um but i would say it would be a temperature controlled area that is very um low in humidity so say your living room <laughs> We usually keep parts of our house, I'm guilty to not because I keep my house really warm. But most people keep their houses at a temperature that they feel very comfortable at. And hopefully, you if you are in an area that has a lot of humidity, you have a dehumidifier and vice versa. If you don't have much, you have a humidifier because it's actually good to have humidity, but not too much. <laughs> um so finding that perfect whatever your comfort level is. I can't put a temperature on it just because some people are very thin-skinned and their blood is very very thin. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are some people who, you know, who just who will feel the cold, but some people who will feel the heat. Um a lot of us women at certain ages it can be 70 degrees and we're sweating. So, uh who knows what the ideal is. But I would say if you can get that ideal temperature in your home, Knowing that once you start moving, you're gonna get warm. That's just the way it is. That's not a bad thing. It's okay to sweat. <laughs> um, that would be your ideal. I because I can't put a number on it. Although I'd say about 74 mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> 20% humidity on the beach. Yep. <laughs> yep. that mm-hmm. you, no. <laughs> I
0: think I think most people would agree with you about yeah.
1: that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and you you know if you're out there curious about what is the best. Uh, temperature or how how should you keep track of yourself if you do live in an area that gets really hot mm. or gets really cold or is at a high altitude? Mm. Um, hopefully, this this podcast is kind of giving you some tips and tricks to consider on what to watch out for, what right. signs to watch out for if you're kind of pushing yourself a little too much mm-hmm. or something like that. Right, um, super important to be aware of your environment and what you're putting your body through in these kinds of environments
1: exactly yeah definitely
0: yeah so uh yeah so thanks for joining us Mm -hmm. for this episode it's been great uh we definitely love having you around don't forget to check us out at www.seniorfitnesswithmeredith.com sign up for our newsletter and get all of our latest content delivered to you weekly and uh, until the next episode we'll see you next time Bye
1: -bye. bye bye